coming up on the Dr. John Deloney Show. I lost my 10-month-old son uh, two months ago. The, the one word I hate is undeterminable in all the reports. So I guess it's it. Seeds, yeah. Hey, hold on. Stop right there. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yo, 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 what's up? This is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show. Happy New Year. Happy same you. Hopefully doing new things. How about that? Maybe you're doing some of the same things. Whatever's going on in your world, I'm glad that you're with us on the world's greatest mental health podcast ever. Ever created. Ever recorded. Ever, ever. Um, I'll leave it at that. Thanks for joining us. Um... Kelly and I were going to talk about something, and then she said we probably shouldn't. So, remember in middle school when someone came up to you and they were like, uh, I know someone who likes you, and you would be like, who? And they'd be like, I, I'm not going to tell. And they just didn't tell you. That's what I'm doing right now. All right, let's go to Anna in Baltimore. What's up, Anna? Hi. How we doing? Good, good. Um, so, I'm calling because, uh, well, first of all, thank you for taking my call. Of course, <laughs> um, thank you. <laughs> Hey, how's your new year going? You doing well? It is. Yeah, we got a little bit of sickness in our house, but I think anyone with kids can empathize with that. Yes. (laughs) We're we're doing okay. They are walking Petri dishes. Really? Seriously, yes. (laughs) Um, Well, my question was, um, I I am struggling. um, About a month and a half ago, my spouse was dishonest with me about something. Um, I'm just kind of having a hard time of like, where do I land? Like, as far as how do I move forward from it? Because um, I, I just really didn't see it coming. And so... What were they dishonest uh, about? So, um, they're using cannabis products, which I guess is, is like a separate issue in itself. Um, like, I just, like, like, be more specific. Smoking weed? Oh, sure, sure, Taking sure. CBD? Like yeah, what? yeah. Vaping. Um, and so, he has historically had a back injury and had used it for pain. Mm-hmm. Um but then before the back injury, also used it um, a lot in his young adult life for like partying and stuff like that. And so, um, yeah. And so part of us, like we've only been married for like three years. Um, and a part of that was an agreement that that wasn't going to be a part of like our lifestyle. And that, it didn't seem like a hard thing for him. We sacrificed it. Like it didn't seem like a hard thing. It wasn't a, a big issue. Um, and so I, I thought we were under the understanding that that was kind of where we were at still because there was no conversation. You were. Um, and y- you were. I was. No, yeah, no, y'all okay. were. Like, yeah, we both. Y- God, I'm sorry. Y- you were under. Y'all both agreed that he wasn't going to smoke anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, um, part part of when we're faced with, um, like, just I, I say gross, not like blood and guts, but just like blatant dishonesty. I often <laughs> I go to the mirror and be like, oh, I must not have been super clear. Like, I blame myself. And so right. I'm, I'm trying to affirm you here. Y'all had the conversation okay. and this was part of what y'all agreed on. Is that, is that right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause it's, yeah. It's a question if there was a misunderstanding or, um, no, no, no. So yeah. here's, here's what I think you're doing. I think you are trying to squeeze and minimize how bad you feel because if you don't, you're forced to deal with the reality that your husband looked you in the eye and lied to you for a long time. Right. And right. I don't, and I don't so, care about the weed and all that. That's, I mean, that's a whole yeah. other conversation. Y'all made an agreement 
on who y'all were going to be and the behaviors, the actions y'all were going to take to backfill your identity. And not only did he not hold up his end of the agreement, but he lied to you about it. Right, right. And so, like, can I say one more thing? Yeah, absolutely. You knew. And you didn't want to know. Like, you knew he was different. And he was a little <laughs> bit distant. And you didn't want to come clean either. And so you are also pissed at yourself. Fair? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. Um, so now we got yeah. a big mess. Right. What do you do now? That's my question. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm calling you idiot. Um, okay. Yeah. So let's, let's, he's not here and we can't do anything about his behavior. Only he can. Right. His actions. So let me ask you a couple of questions. One, are you a person that is safe to be honest with? I thought so. <laughs> it's not a, like a, I'm not trying to trick you. I'm just asking. Right. Yeah, no, I am. I have, I, I have worked in an industry that had um, really close interactions with people with substance abuse. Okay. And so I think I'm a little more sensitive um, to it. And so I just, I just, I think it's, I've seen it really destroy so many families. Stop and lives that, saying there's something wrong with you. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's not, you're not extra sensitive to it. What your husband flat out lied to your face. Yeah, yeah. So I have a problem with it. Um, you have a problem with yeah, his dishonesty? Oh, huge. Yeah. Yes, you should. You should. Absolutely, you should. And you have a problem with peacekeeping. And to have a successful relationship, occasionally you have to raise a ruckus. Not like an idiot and not like some kind of alpha <laughs> moron, but you have, to, you have to raise the temperature of the room. You have okay. to turn all the lights on and say, hey, what's going on here? You lied to my face. And it's very fair to ask, what else are you not being honest about? So if that's the case, yeah, and I, I completely agree with that. So that that was a part of the conversation um, when he finally was honest with me. Um, was, was there anything else you're lying about? And the answer is no. Like, do you just trust that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I think the path back to trust is different for everybody. Okay. Okay. So some people, um, some people like want to check in. You, I want to. I want to. You have to kiss me every night so I can I can smell your breath. Right. Um, every night I'm gonna look you in the eye and say, "Did you smoke today?" Uh, I want to see your text messages and read. Your, like that's the only way I'm gonna feel safe. Or we have a shared bank account and I'm going to review the, the, like, like everybody's, everybody's path back to trust is different. Okay. And what I'm going to tell you is, um, A, you can get out of control with that, right? Where you become a possessive lunatic and (laughs) that's hard to get to. You have a, you, I, I believe you, oh no, I, I know. You are entitled to, hey, here's what I feel right now. I feel you're not being honest. And something tells me that you're calling me because you think he's not being honest about something else. Um, yeah, I can't really, there's one thing. Yeah, like, I guess, um, yeah, like online gambling for sports just became legal in the state of Maryland. And mm-hmm. so he's been really um, engaged in that. And so I... 
I, he's the one who oversees that. I mean, like, I have access to everything, obviously, mm-hmm. but as far as like finances and stuff like that, he's kind of the head of that. Um, and so I sometimes get a little, and now because of this, I'm like, are, like, are we okay with that? Like, is it just a recreational thing? Like, are the so numbers here's accurate? A, here's what you accurate? have. Your body <laughs> yeah. is telling you you're not safe. And part of the reason you're not safe is because you don't know. Because you're not facing reality. You're not owning reality. Okay. How much money do I have in my account? Like, here's how much was deposited from your check. Here's how much deposited was from my check. Where did every one of those dollars go this month? How much do you owe to a gambling website? A means like you don't know where it's going. So for instance, if I went to Vegas, I would tell my wife, hey, I'm taking this much money to be stupid with. And she would say, well, you're an idiot. And, but it's part of, uh, it's, it would be a, an agreed upon amount that was, that we've already sure. budgeted for that'd be right. So it's different than I'm just sitting in my, in the couch while you're asleep and I'm gambling on this game and I'm trying to pick it back on this game. Right. I, ju- I just gave a interview with, um, USA Today yesterday on what is just people are, are getting dragged underwater with this online gambling. It's madness. Madness, madness. Um, and so something in your gut tells you something's not right. And for some reason, over the course of your life, you've been taught to shut up inner Anna so that everybody else can go about their day peacefully. Fair? Fair. Okay. So let me say this. Secrets destroy marriage. Okay. They destroy relationships. They destroy people. That's number one. Number two, I think it's fair to sit down and be point blank, very, very clear with yourself. Here's what I'm worried about. Here's what I know. Here's what I think is actually going on. Write those things down because those hard conversations become very emotional. They, our bodies yeah. take over for us, right? And then we start crying and then we, or we see our partner like kind of get a little bit there. We, we read facial cues and then we're like, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, not that I know you're not, but we start hedging our bets, right? Mm-hmm. Write down what you are actually concerned about, what you're worried about, the things you need to know to begin to reestablish trust. I need to know how much money we have. I need to know how, where it goes. We're going to make a budget together. I want you to hang on the line. I'm going to send you um, financial peace university, the whole class. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I work here at Ramsey solutions. Dave Ramsey's my boss. And so the, I, I'm going to give you the tools to say, here's what we're going to do as a couple. This is going to be a path back to reestablishing trust together. We're going to get on the same page. We're going to get the same values together. We're going to share money. We're going to not, you're not going to do all the money by yourself. We're going to do it together every month. We're going to have a plan. Now we're going to reestablish trust. Here's what you have to know though. He might tell you to go to hell. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know that, right? I, I would highly doubt it, but I guess that is an option for anyone. Okay, yeah. good. That makes my heart feel good. I, I, I heard in your voice, I thought you were going to say that you were worried about that. If you don't think so, no. great. Great. No. That's awesome. Okay, so I'm going to send you that, and I want you to read out to him your letter. Okay. Okay? This is what I need. Like, you violated our trust. Like, yes, we agreed you weren't going to smoke weed and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's a whole other conversation. The bigger deal is you messed up and then you hid it from me. And now I'm wondering what about our money? I'm wondering about your online gambling. I'm wondering about that person at work that 
why you're always texting somebody when you, I'm worried about all kind of things and you open the door. And so here's our path back together. Here's what trust looks like for us. And again, this isn't rage. This isn't anger. This is you listening to your body. You're not safe. And your body's literally sounding the anxiety alarms. And for those of y'all listening, this is one of those core moments of building a non-anxious life. I'm going to own reality. And reality is, I don't know how much money we have in our account. I don't know who's spending what on how or when. And not knowing about something as important as your finances. Are we going to have a house payment? Are we going to have rent? Can I trust the person I'm sharing a bed with? Your body's going to sound the anxiety alarms. You're going to be anxious. You're going to be fried out. You're going to be nervous. Or your body's just going to shut the whole thing down. You're going to depress. Your body's going to try to take care of you when it recognizes danger. And Anna, trust your guts for the first time. Trust your guts. I think you're right on this one. Hang on the line here, and Jenna's going to take care of you, get you uh, uh, signed up for Financial Peace University, and give you all a path out of this thing together. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. Let's go to Ray. It's a shame about Ray in Charleston, West Virginia. What's up, Ray? Hey, Dr. John, it is a privilege and honor to speak with you today. How are you, sir? I, dude, I'm fantastic. And it, the privilege and honor is 100% mine, dude. Thank you so much for uh, giving me a buzz. So what's up, man? Oh, so, thank you so much for those words. And I also want to thank you and your show for helping me with a lot of things over the over the time I've had listening to you guys. But one of the things in particular is helping me to understand the difference between wanting to lose weight and get out of debt and wanting to want to. Ooh, great question. Lose weight and get out of debt. Okay. So um, you owe a bunch of money? You tell me. I do. I do. It's and it's all student loans. How much? At this at this point in time, 170. Woo! What do you do for a living? Um, so I'm a scientist and I work for the state. I work okay. with uh police and prosecutors and I help analyze the evidence for them. Gotcha. Excellent. So you are not making, um, private industry money to pay these things back in short order. In short order. That's about right. Yes, sir. <laughs> and I, I, I hear in your voice, you're, uh, we're not going to give away locations and details. And so I want to respect that, but also I've worked in both private industry and in government institutions and there's a vast difference in, in uh, how they pay you. So there you go. Um, and then tell me about your weight, dude. So as of as of today, I am I'm at 300 pounds. Okay. So I would say about 100 pounds plus, somewhere around in that range, over what I should be, quote unquote. Okay. Um. So. Who gave you the yeah, should I, number, by the way? Um, the internet and um, health classes and all that. There's a healthy weight to um, height ratio. And- Ray. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know the difference between wanting to and wanting to want to is how much time you spend on the internet. I bet there's a direct correlation. <laughs> so Fair point. get off the internet and, and I want you to set up a, a, a doctor's appointment. Okay. Yes, sir. With a real human that will look you in the eyes and, and take 
give you a good blood assessment, take care of you, and then say, here's where you're at. And if they're a great doctor, they'll say, here's where we're at because we're in this together. Okay. All right. So go to, uh, so you've, man, you've, you've dug yourself a huge financial hole. Um, to use Dave Ramsey's language, you have a very small shovel because you're a government employee. And um, do you love your work? Honestly, yes, I do. Okay. This is exactly what I wanted to, to do when I was um, at the end of high school and into the beginning of uh, the schooling that I did. I really wanted to work in law enforcement of some kind. Mm-hmm. The police routes didn't quite fit, so I thought being a scientist for the state working with evidence fit a lot better. And I'll tell you what, I do think it hit a lot of the marks for where I find value and purpose and work. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. So when you take me back to your original question and the genesis of that question. Sure. So I, I feel like now I know what it means to want to lose weight and want to get out of debt. And I've heard so many debt-free screams now, now, like I can't say that I can't do it or I don't deserve to be debt-free or lose weight anymore. I, I just can't. I've heard too many instances of people who are able to do it. Um, but there is something I'm struggling with, and I'm hearing these stories of all these people in their debt-free screams to work five extra jobs and can manage four to six hours a night of sleep, um, maybe actually getting two or four out of that, and with the family in the mix. And Dr. John, I'm, I'm wondering where all this energy is coming from, man. <laughs> Um, so there is a tremendous, and there's, there's psychological studies here. There's tremendous, um, a couple different things here. You've heard the studies about learned helplessness. Have you heard that? I haven't. There's some, there's some famous studies, um, that could never be reproduced nowadays because of, um, laboratory ethics and things, but, Essentially, they shocked um, animals. I think it was dogs in the original one. They shocked animals to the point of pain, and they didn't mm-hmm. let them. They didn't let them out of their their enclosure, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so the the dogs became frozen. And when they would intermittently let them out, the dogs continued to fight and claw their way out when they when the they were getting shocked. When there was a perceived no escape. There came a moment when they just took the barriers away. There was no intermittent. They were free to go. And the dogs just sat there and got shocked. And they, they just said, this is the way this is. And it's a common response in people who experience trauma. It's a common experience in people who hate themselves for whatever reason. I'm not good enough. I'm always stupid. I'm going to always be a whatever. I'm the worst thing that ever happened to me. This is just the way this is. And I've run in circles with people, uh, myself included, who have struggled with body dysmorphia and working out and eating, disordered eating and being overweight. That's, that's been the vast majority of my life. And the correlation between I'm fat and I am not worth being loved is, I think that's an, a cloud that hangs over our culture. Does that make sense? 
It does. And it sounds like you've been reading my dirty laundry. <laughs> <laughs> well, so here's another psychological um, point that I want to hit home. You are more likely to go to a thing than you are sustainably than you are to run from a thing. You are trying to get out of debt. You are trying to lose weight. You are not with a smile on your face walking to freedom. Mm. And those are two different, they're the same path, but they're two different processes. Um, uh, my friend Sal Stefano said two important things. He's with the Mind Pump guys. Two important things, and it was transformative for me, just hanging out with him and we were in, interviewing each other. Um, he said, you cannot hate your body into better shape. You run out of gas. You just give up. You quit. You get exhausted. You can't hate yourself to a better body. And the second thing is the person who loves the journey will always go further than the person who's obsessed with the destination. And I butchered that quote a little bit, but here was the transformative moment for me. I became obsessed with getting a number on the scale for so long. And I never weighed 300 pounds. I've never been obese, okay? So hear me say that. Mm -hmm. Everything changed for me when I decided I'm just a guy who takes care of his body. I'm a good steward of my body. And that was a part of an identity that was, I'm going to be a great husband and a great dad. And that meant I've got to have energy to be around my wife and kids. That meant I've got to have energy to help around the house. And the only way I can do that is if I exercise because exercise gives me energy. Mm -hmm. And the only way I can do that is if I'm taking care of, I'm eating okay. Because if I just eat garbage all day, I, my, I'm, my workouts are not, right, right. See how it all builds on itself? Yeah, it but, does. It does make sense. But it's when I quit getting obsessed with a scale. Now, a scale is an important marker. It's a data point, but it's not the end goal. It's just, it's just a, a number on a journey. Mm. See what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. You have to decide, Ray. Can I just ask you this? Um, man, who told you that you're no good? Dr. John, elementary school kids are mean, man. Yeah, they are. <laughs> They're ruthless. They, they They're are ruthless. ruthless. Yeah. And middle school kids are much better. <laughs> No, they're sophisticated and, and ruthless. And high school kids are uh -huh. just evil. Yeah. High school kids are just evil. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, going through school, feeling alone. <laughs> and I didn't really have many, I didn't really have many friends. I would even just say many acquaintances, let alone friends. And I finally got a friend from high school after high school. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he's actually one of my best friends now, ride or die. Um, but it was pretty lonely. What about a home in high school? Um, my, I grew up in a divorced household. Okay. Um, my mom loves me to death. Um, she did the best that she could raising me and my, me and my siblings, um, all on her own. Hmm. Um, but uh, me and my siblings didn't quite like each other either. So somewhere was, along the um, way, you picked up. You picked up the message: two things: you're not good enough, and you're never going to be good mm. enough. The sec, and you went looking for power. You went looking for power as being a cop. You went looking for power with advanced degrees. Right? I'm going to show you. Mm -hmm. And man, you've developed this idea that if you're not 
you have to be punished for something. And I don't know what that is. We could talk about that probably for a while. Mm. But let me tell you, man, you don't have to hurt. Do you yo-yo a lot? Over the years, have you lost weight and gained weight back and lost weight and gained, gained it back? I think you're reading my mail too, Dr. John. I've been, I've been yo-yoing for the last 10 years. So as soon as you lose a bunch of weight and you start to feel good, there's something inside of you that says, no, we got to be punished. Mm. We're no good. And that is the voice you have to, <laughs> that voice doesn't get a vote anymore, man. Mm. Because that voice has taken their dad from their kids. That voice has taken somebody's husband away from her. And I don't know whose voice that is, man, but that's the one. Hmm. Is that fair? No, it's very fair. That's very fair. If you can believe that you're worth loving, if you can believe that you're worth being loved, and I don't mean that in like the rainbows and gummy bears kind of way, although, I, dude, I love gummy bears. But I oh, mean, me like, <laughs> you're like, tell me about it. The um, <laughs> You have to decide, I'm worth not hurting. I'm worth um, a life of joy and laughter. And here's the deal, man. You're going to have to practice that because you've never had it. You thought your doctorate or your master's degree was going to fix you and it didn't. And you thought that one friend was going to fix you and it didn't. And you thought the first time you were going to be with a woman was going to fix you and it didn't. Fair? Very fair. Because that's inside of you, Ray. Do you <laughs> want that? I do. I really do. Do you promise? Because I don't believe you. You really do? Uh. Yes, sir. I really, really do. Like walking to freedom. Now, listen, here's what this looks like. I made a bunch of promises to myself this year. I made a bunch of like commitments. I was really like my wife and I went on our, our annual retreat. We go on every year to talk about who we're going to be and what we want to be about and what last year was about and where we're going. And yesterday, Ray, yesterday. I consumed twice my body weight in so it started. Somebody left a thing of brownies on my desk and I got oh, back from the holiday break. And then there was this little uh, snowman full of marshmallow chocolate covered candies. And dude, I went crazy. And here's the difference this year. I felt terrible yesterday. I have a hard writing deadline. I got nothing done. I was just a spinning out mess. And here's what I did. For the first time in my life, I smiled and said, all right, I got tagged today. And tomorrow it's game on. And this morning, I got up and I went back to the gym, did what I needed to do, was with my kids. I didn't go to war with myself. I didn't declare civil war against me. I'm not the worst loser ever. Dude, I, <laughs> dude, I ate a lot of candy yesterday and I felt terrible. And then today's a new one. That's what this is going to look like for a while while you're practicing not hurting. While you're practicing this crazy idea called hope. So tell, let me hear it again. Are you 100% in? I am 100% in. Yes, sir. All right. Here's what I'm going to give you. 
Number one, I'm going to give you my friend, Dr. Lane Norton's Carbon app. It's the best coaching weight loss app on planet Earth. Okay, it's the one I use. It's the one professionals use. And it will, it's, I mean, it walks you through calories and how the whole thing works. And it, it like, uh, keeps track of your protein intake, all those kind of things. Okay. I'm going to give it to you for free. And he is, a, he's, it's going to be a lifetime membership for free. You never have to pay for it. Okay. But you got to promise me that you'll use it. Cool. Oh, Dr. John, I'm speechless. Hold yes, on. Sir, we're still, I'm not done. It. I'm not done. Listen, uh, I'm also going to give you Financial Peace University, the whole class. The every dollar app, I'm gonna give you everything. Okay. I'm not crying, Dr. John. You're crying, man. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm gonna give all of it to you. And here's the only thing I'm gonna ask for you in return two things. Number one, that you actually use this stuff. Number two, that you keep me updated on your progress. Is that fair? It's <laughs> more than fair. Okay. Yes, sir. Thank uh, you. Um, you are worth being able to laugh. You're being able to, you're worth being able to roll around on the floor with your kids. You're worth being able to have a reckless sex life. You're worth thinking, I need to take a second and third job and I'm, I, I, but I'm too exhausted to do it. Can I also tell you this? You're probably worth more than the $65,000 a year you're making. Mm. You don't believe that, but you are. And I have found over the course of my career, I've got a particular set of skills. It's very small. My talents are very, I've got one or two or three of them, but they are valuable in a number of different industries. And it may be that right now you've dug yourself a huge $170,000 hole. I may need to go look and see if I need to do something else for a season. And I may shock myself that I love that work too. Maybe not, but maybe. Okay. Actually, stay on the, I'm going to give you my friend Ken Coleman's Get Clear assessment too. I'm going to give you that one also. That way you can go through and say, is there another job out there for me? Okay. I'm going to hook you up in the new year, but we're going to turn uh, this whole sucker around. Is that fair? That's more than fair, Dr. John. Thank you. All right. I want you to hear you say out loud, I'm worth being well. I am worth being well. And I do not hate Ray. And I do not hate Ray. Dude, now you're on the path. It's gonna, nah, it's gonna suck, man. It's not gonna be fun. In fact, it's gonna be miserable because you're not only having to budget your money and take a second and third job and say goodbye to your kids and learn how to eat um, in a way that's healthy for you and to start exercising, not as though you're gonna lose 30 pounds, but because this is who you are. That's going to be hard, but you're also going to have to learn for the first time to stop hating Ray. You're going to have to learn how to live a life full of joy and optimism and not a joy of misery and pain. And I got to hurt and I got to hurt and I got to hurt. You're worth it, my brother. You're worth it. Ray, let's go make it happen. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Let's go to Ann in, Chey- in Cheyenne. That sounds awesome. Hey, what's up, Ann in Cheyenne? Peter Pan with a plan. What's up, Stan? <laughs> I like your uh, rhymes. I'm a, I'm I'm a I'm a, a rapper too. I'm oh, a, I'm okay. A I'm actually not. I'm not even close. Not even close. What's up? Well, we all have to have a uh, 
uh, closet personality. <laughs> I have so many personalities in the closet. For real. You have no idea. And you have <laughs> no idea. None. None. All right. So what's up? Uh, uh, a lot. So uh, I wrote down the question because I knew I couldn't get through it otherwise. Let's <laughs> so. do it. Let's do it. Okay. Um, my question is, how do I make a healthy memorial to the past in the midst of grief while not stuffing it or giving way to the busyness of now in preparing for the future? Be more specific. <laughs> um, and and let, me I, say, let me say it this way. Can, can I cry? <laughs> of course you can't. You've lost somebody, right? Yeah. Okay. So, um, listen. It, I want, we're going to be real direct in this call. Okay. Okay. And you've been masterful at managing this by speaking above it. But I'm, oh, yeah. we're going to link arms and we're going to walk right through the middle of it. Cool? Cool. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, Let's head in. Uh, well, um, I lost my 10-month-old son uh, two months ago. Um, to, well, uh, the, the one word I hate is undeterminable in all the reports. So I guess it's it. Seeds. Yeah. And, um, hey, hold on. Stop right there. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Thank you. What was, what was the baby's name? <laughs> Benaya. I didn't, I didn't hear you. Uh, Benaya. Benaya? Yes, it's a very unusual name. Spell that. B-E-N-A-I-A-H. A-I-A-H. Benaya. Beautiful. <laughs> and tell me about this little boy. Was he a mess? Um, kind of. Uh, um, uh, he, he was born with brain damage because of delivery. Okay. A healthy pregnancy beforehand, and just suddenly something went wrong with the delivery. So oh, he was man. in the NICU for um, over a month. And the, the lovely amidst COVID and all, all the hospital regulations, and that's a whole other story. And so um, it was just, and then we moved and move states and so it, it feels like I I always say that it feels like I was stolen time from him because he was only alive for 10 months and it, it was one thing after the other after the other after the other so but um, I mean he was making progress and he was even going to therapy and they were telling me that the six months plan that they had that you might be crawling and everything and I was so happy and then the next day I found him cold yeah. that little boy won the lottery when he got you as his mom I think he uh, we won the lottery when we got him you did you did you did. And mamas are not supposed to hold cold babies. And you know that, right? I know that. I'm so sorry. 
That's against the rules. It's not supposed to be that way. I know that. And that's what I kept telling everybody. I was like, this is not what it's supposed to be. So that was two months ago? Yeah. Okay. Does it feel like the the lights are still turned down low and you're still breathing through fog? No, I'm just, uh, I'm going through the motions. Okay. Hey, it's right where you need to be. <laughs> and anybody who tells you otherwise, they, they don't get a vote. Okay. What about the seven-year-old and the five-year-old and the other kids? <laughs> Here's a great gift you can give those kids. <laughs> Could you tell them mommy's really sad today? Mm-hmm. If you don't, they're going to think it, whatever's going on in the house is their fault. Okay? True. And so, a great gift you can give them is to say, Mommy's thinking about Benaya today. And I'm very mm-hmm. sad. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let them see. They will, they will see themselves by the light of the love you show for Benaya. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. They'll they'll feel the the warmth and the heat from that. You're not taking something from them. You are lighting up their world with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Have you um, sat down and written Benaya a letter yet? Not yet. Okay. You need to do that at some. And there's no rush on it. Yeah. And I would recommend that you do that with your family. Mm-hmm. That everybody draw a picture. And they write they'll write a letter and y'all get together one night and y'all do that together. Okay. It can be to to honor month three. It could be to honor month six. But some sort of private just y'alls. Here's a letter I wrote to Benaya. And feel free to put up a stocking to keep the, his mm-hmm. picture up. Right? Yeah. But all that stuff is for tomorrow. Right now, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, you're going through the motions, man. Do you have, is um, dad around? Uh, he, because we just moved, he's been pouring himself into work. Okay. He's also pouring himself into work because that's an, um, an anesthetic. I know. I know. <laughs> you, listen, People lose their marriages over this because they grieve. People grieve differently and it causes mm-hmm. a wedge between them. All right. So do you want the um, curveball yet? Are you pregnant? Yes. <laughs> Congratulations. Because <laughs> why, why not? Yes, why not? <laughs> hmm. So what I'm about to say is going to sound trite and stupid and some idiot's going to, um, st- I don't care what some idiot's going to say. read the comments. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your grief is going to be, it is very, very valuable. It's not good. I don't wish it on anybody, but it has deep value. And celebrating the life of your new baby will also have deep and profound value. Okay. And one doesn't replace the other. That's what I've 
always feared. It, 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 it won't. Benaya will always be with you. <laughs> you will get a plus one. <laughs> Not a replacement. Okay? Okay. <laughs> and even if you and your husband decided we want to have another baby right away and get pregnant right away, <laughs> that's okay. Oh, no, this was a few months before he was born. I just didn't realize. Gotcha, gotcha. So you're five, six months away, all along? Yes. hey <laughs> Here we go, right? So you're going to be nervous, and you're going to be anxious, and you're going to be wired up, and you're going to be freaked out, and all that's normal and good. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Do you have a couple of women that you can, that will ride with you through this? Um, I know starting to make friendships here. Um, I mean, most of them are uh, across state lines, unfortunately. Yeah. Listen, I can't, I cannot recommend it enough. Have a text thread of women that you trust that you can just, that call them, find three or four of them and say, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm specifically picking you. Y'all are going to be my ride or dies through this pregnancy. I'm going to text you at midnight and say I'm freaked out. And I want you just to text me something back hilarious. Or mm -hmm. text me something back, some silly dumb saying that you got off Pinterest or whatever. I don't care. Whatever works for you, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And let them know you're going to be reaching out to them. And mm -hmm. I want you to be crazy slash real, real brave. And I want you to go find a class, go find a support group or something in your new community of women who've just lost a kid, women who have are um, moms who are fill in the blank. But mm -hmm. I want you to go find some real human beings in your local area that you can point to and that they can you can see them and they can see you. You cannot mm -hmm. go through this next season alone. Mm -hmm. Do you promise me you will choose to not do this thing alone? Yes. Okay. This is for you. This is for your kids. Yeah. This is for Benaya. This is for this unborn little baby. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's for your husband, everybody. Mm -hmm. um, what does your husband think about having a new kid? Oh, he's over the moon. I'm the one that can't, I'm the one that's, I, I just can't connect. I mean, all the other kids I could connect, even though I was not expecting them, mm -hmm. I could connect with them, but. You're searching for feelings right now and your bodies have shut the feeling switches, turned them way down because mm -hmm. rightfully so. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, that's when we have to lean on what you just said. And I know this gets a bad rap, but going through the motions, but we're going to do the things that we know keep us well, even when we don't feel like it. I'm not going to sit there and, and, and scroll on social media. I'm going to go for a walk. Mm hmm. I want to have seven large pizzas. I'm just going to have one, <laughs> have one, right? <laughs> and not really, but I, I want to, oh, I would. No, no uh, Ben and Jerry nights. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to take that from you. <laughs> I'm not gonna take it. I, I may have one or two of those, so I'm not going to take that from you. But, um, but on, again, 80, 20, right? On the whole, we're going to yeah, do yeah. things that we know, even we don't feel like it. Because with, with your, what's your, what's your oldest kid's name? Sailor. Sailor. So 
you had this bond instantly like oh man i'm doing this for you and we're going we're going on walks and we're going for, you don't have that right now mm-hmm. and so we're going to make a list of things and we're going to have some people in our life to help keep me accountable who are going to check on me today have you eaten today something mm-hmm. with protein in it <laughs> right and i know you're going to be in the store looking at the ben and jerry's things on the back to see how much protein's in it hey i get it <laughs> But we're gonna do, or no, we're, unfortunately. <laughs> we're gonna do the things that we need to do over this next period. And um I'm gonna tell you something really, really hard. Okay. Wait, you haven't? Yet? Nope. Yeah, not yet. Okay. And um I want you to hold your hands together right now. And I want you to interlock your fingers, okay? But I don't want you to squeeze the crap out of your hands. I just want you to hold them loosely for a second, okay? And I want you to hear me really closely. Mm-hmm. The last awful thing you saw of Benaya, mm-hmm. the CPR, the yelling and screaming, That picture, Mm -hmm. you are not keeping him alive by going back to those thoughts all the time. Okay? Mm -hmm. Those thoughts, your body will go back to them because it's trying to protect you from that ever happening again in the future. That's what it's trying to do. It's trying to help out. Mm -hmm. And it's making it much, much worse. Mm -hmm. And so what I want you to do is I want you to think of two or three or four of your favorite memories of Benaya. Mm-hmm. The time when that goofy little boy smiled at you or he almost, almost crawled a little bit-ish and you cheered and then he kind of got startled. Whatever those mm-hmm. moments are. Or your mm-hmm. other kids messing around with him. <laughs> okay? Oh, I have videos. So many videos yes. of that. When the lightning bolts strike and the lightning bolts of you walk past the hall and you look over and you see that, or you may not see him in the, in his crib, but you feel it. Your body responds as though he's there. Mm-hmm. I want you to practice what will be the hardest moment of discipline of your entire life is I want you to stop, take a deep breath, exhale hard. Picture in your mind intentionally one of those hilarious, fun, silly videos. Mm -hmm. Okay? And here's what we're going to do. We're going to consciously, over time, teach our body that when we remember Benaya, we're not remembering the terrifying, scary moments. We're remembering the moments with a smile on his face. When the house was full of light. Mm-hmm. And you're not doing a disservice to him. You're not doing a, you're not somehow whitewashing over what happened. None of that. You are honoring his memory by letting his memory reside in you as light, not as the heaviness of what actually happened. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you're never going to fully let him go. He's part of you. He's your family. Okay. Yeah. He always will be. Mm-hmm. You'll get some dope tattoo one day or something. I, mean, I don't know, <laughs> but it, don't do that while you're pregnant. That would be incredible. Um, Needles are for sewing and that's their only function. <laughs> I agree to disagree, but it's cool. It's cool. Um, but I want you to write him a letter and Hey, while you're at it, write your new baby a letter. Is it a boy or a girl? Have you found out yet? 
Um, girl. <laughs> I think John uh, is a great name. Just hashtag. I'm just sorry. We we've already had a name for uh, the last four pregnancies. So. Boo, boo. I'm just kidding. Hey, write her a letter too, <laughs> and let her know you are super jazzed to see her, and you can't wait till you get to tell her about a little brother that she had. Mm-hmm. She never got to meet him, but man, he was a character. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. Hey, um, you're one of the bravest people I'll talk to this month. I'm grateful for you for sharing like your story. No. Do what? I don't feel like it. I know. <laughs> your feelings are all, all, all muted out right now. But one of my big promises on this show is I won't lie to you. And so I'm, I'm telling you the truth. You're a brave mom who's dealing with the worst thing that could ever happen to a mother. And you're getting up every day and you're making sure your other kids are fed and your other kids are warm. And you're making sure that you're okay because you're now carrying a new baby and getting up when we don't want to heading into the fire every morning that's bravery that's you so grateful for you Ann Benaya won the lottery when he got you and I know you won the lottery when you got him we'll be right back Hey, what's up? Deloney here. Listen, you and me and everybody else on the planet has felt anxious or burned out or chronically stressed at some point. In my new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, you'll learn the six daily choices that you can make to get rid of your anxious feelings and be able to better respond to whatever life throws at you so you can build a more peaceful, non-anxious life. Get your copy today at johndeloney.com. All right, as we wrap up today's show, hey, thank y'all for hanging out with us. Um, thank you for, man, we had just a slate of brave callers today. Um, song of the day. Shout out to the first caller from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Mary Jane's Last Dance. If you know, you know. She grew up in an Indiana town, had a good-looking mama who never was around, but she grew up tall and she grew up right with them Indiana boys on them Indiana nights. I don't even know what that, what does that mean? I don't know what Indiana night is. Well, she moved down here at the age of 18. She blew the boys away. It was more than they'd seen. I was introduced, and we both started grooving. She said, I dig you, baby. Baby, but I got to keep on moving on. Keep on moving on. Last dance with Mary Jane. One more time to kill the pain. I feel summer creeping in, and I'm tired of this town again. Now you know why that's Kelly's favorite song. Hey, we'll see you soon. <laughs>